Hey folks, producer Mason here. On this special midweek episode, we've got an interview with Brad from the St. Luligans. It's a double-sized interview, and so I hope you all enjoy. Yes, we're delighted to have Brad from the uh, Luligans with us. And, uh, hey, Brad, why don't you go ahead and give us a full introduction of yourself and the official name of your group. My name is Brad. I am uh, also referred to as Who the Hell is He? <laughs> my group is the St. Luligans. Um, we don't really have official titles. I'm sort of semi-retired now, but I have been there from the beginning, and I help out in a myriad of ways. Very, very good. And are you keeping busy right now, the month ahead yeah. of the season? <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to do, and uh, things that we used to say, oh, there's plenty of time to worry about that. Uh, there's no longer time. Uh, we've got, you know, just, I mean, as you guys are also preparing for the new season, uh, I mean, there's 40 different chat threads open on my computer at any time about TIFO and merchandise and tickets and everything. So it's getting busy. It's like trying to herd cats, except all of the cats are just the thoughts in your head. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, my biggest problem is me, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm feeling it, too. Just so overwhelmed with how everything's supposed to go and things don't seem to get done. That seems to be the way it should be. So how, how's your balance between uh, excitement about the it actually happening? The team is a month away from actually playing its first game against the balance of you're so frazzled because the team is only a month away from its first game. Yeah, I do. I do try to separate sort of the the business things we ha that we have to do and just the general excitement for soccer. Um, like I said, I've kind of stepped back from some of my leadership stuff, so I don't get too bogged down in the stuff. I mean, I help out and I, I give my ideas, but, uh, I'm really hoping to just enjoy the soccer this season. Um, but I mean, there'll always be things going on, but I, you know, I'm trying to get more into just being a fan and letting, uh, some of the other people do all the work. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's kind of why we wanted you on the show is, uh, you know, probably most of the listeners to our show already know everything about the Luligans. Our Luligans do that, but there might be some out there and it's a good place to put it, a good time to put it all in one place for that. So give us a rundown, actually, uh, about the, uh, the supporters group, uh, the St. Luligans. Who write, who's the leadership council, as you, you might describe it, for the group? I would say 95% of the work is done by Mitch Maurice and Sarah Robertson. Um, they're the ones that are in all of the meetings and kind of oversee the various uh, arms of the organization. Um, you know, we've got different people who, who are specialists in different aspects, but Mitch and Sarah are kind of the overall, you know, grand poobahs that keep everybody in line and, you know, on task. 
I know you've been around for a long time. How long has the St. Luligans as a group been extant, let's say? Yeah, we started in 2010. Um, that was the year that Jeff Cooper, who was at the time trying to get an MLS franchise in the St. Louis area, uh, he started a team called AC St. Louis. And they played in, in the now defunct NASL. Not the original NASL, but the the rebirth of the NA, NASL. Uh, they were only around for one season, but there was at the time six or seven smaller supporters groups, and everybody kind of doing their own thing. And we realized, you know, we needed to come together to work together on things like you know chants and tailgate parties and things like that. So we created the St. Luligans as an umbrella group to you know, kind of over, overarch all those groups. But then when AC St. Louis folded, uh, pretty much everybody just said, you know, that stuck around said, well, we'll, we'll just be St. Luligans and we'll go to support other teams. So we, you know, went to Piasaw games and on the indoor side of things, uh, we went to the St. Louis lions, which was a USL PDL team, which I guess now would be USL two. Is that PDL? That, uh, and yeah, two I think that's League Two, maybe. Yeah. Uh, basically, college kids playing in the summer times just to stay in shape and, and advance their skills. So uh, there was a few years supporting that level. Uh, a couple other teams have come and gone that we would make appearances at, but it really sort of reinvigorated in 2015 when St. Louis FC came in. And uh, with the St. Luligans, who was there at the beginning? Who was the ones that created this, as you called it, umbrella group? Um, it was, mo I mean, Mitch and I were sort of the organizers in those early days. We did most of the stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of people still around. There's uh, uh, Mark Gardner, Steve Rusnak, uh, Joe Chambers, Tim Reeder. Uh, I mean, it, there's so many. I mean, it's obviously not as big or wasn't as big back then, but there are a lot of people who have been around the entire 13 years. So uh, really a committee of committed yeah. <laughs> yeah. folks and, and folks that could maybe some of them have been committed. Uh, they really got this uh, started, right? Yeah. And a lot of times it was just like 30 of us in a parking lot drinking beer. You know, it wasn't it didn't become what it has become until. Pro soccer came back with St. Louis FC. Then we started doing, you know, the charity stuff and more merch. And, you know, we actually had a group of people that were excited to get a, be a part of it. So that's when it all really started to grow. Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, St. Louis FC and pro soccer in St. Louis, um, looking back at that and how you've got it all set up in your experiences, what are some of the challenges that you all are facing with uh, moving up to the big leagues in MLS? Um, I would say it, it, a lot of it is just scale, you know, doing things at a bigger level, uh, serving more members. Uh, it's always hard to, you know, speak with an authoritative voice for even a small group of people, let alone a big group of people. So, I mean, our challenge right now is to not only meet new people and get them involved, but also have them get to know us and our culture and, you know, find out if it's a right fit for everybody. 
there are more groups popping up. I know you guys are going to be interviewing some of the other groups. Um, and that's great. I think, you know, people need to find a place where they fit in. We're the biggest, we're the oldest. And I think we, we do offer something for everybody. Uh, but maybe if people have a, you know, a little different flavor or different, you know, idea. Uh, but it is hard to, to please everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and if you go on, the, find out that we don't. Like there are, <laughs> there are people that don't. But uh, we're trying our best. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I remember from going to like uh, the U.S. Open Cup game in like 2017 at Soccer Park against the Fire, which is where I was first introduced to both like pro soccer and St. Louis FC and the Luligans. I remember going to that tailgate. It was like 50 people, 60 people. And I was like, wow, look at all these people out here to support this team that I just heard about last week. Where was I? Yeah. And then like and then, yeah, I'm going to like City 2 games with you guys and you guys are hauling down like 200, 300 people and trying to corral them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's a good problem to have. Uh, at the height of St. Louis FC, there were probably a thousand people in the corner. Wow. Um, really? Not all of them, you know, professed Luligans, but all working together, joining in on the chants and things like that. Um, so it's hard to tell. We don't, we don't charge membership dues. We don't have an official sign up. I mean, that was part of the ethos from the beginning. Um, and we used to say, you know, if, if a ticket was 20 bucks to a game, I would rather somebody spend that $20 on a ticket than to join the Luligans, mm -hmm. you know, you know, if you can afford a scarf or a T-shirt, that's awesome because that helps us, you know, pay for all the things we have to pay for. Uh, but we really were committed to keeping the membership, I will say, free or as cheap as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but actually I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I uh, Going forward with the MLS season, are you planning to change that at all? Like the memberships or is it still going to be like what it is on the website where it's like, if you say you're a Luligan, then you are. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we may have to come up with some sort of official sign up sheet because there are logistical reasons. The team wants to know exactly how many Luligans there are uh, when they start doing things where they're, they're talking about perks where maybe the Luligans get access to this, they may have to have an official name or official number and a name to go with that. Um, some MLS teams require the supporters groups to have a membership cost even. Um, I've always said if we do that, you know, my my turnaround would be, okay, we'll make it a dollar. I was going to say make it a dollar like you're giving a car away, but you don't want to pay gift taxes. We'll donate it to charity, you know, like, Something like that. But I mean, that, and that's no swipe at other teams or other supporters groups who have like a $30 membership. They usually offer value for that. Like I said, a shirt or a scarf um, because it does cost a lot of money. I mean, we're in the midst of uh, funding the first TIFO now for the home opener and it is not cheap. It's very expensive to buy all the fabric, all the paint, uh, get a place to do it. Um, so, I, I mean, I totally understand Right now, we're a little lucky. We've, we've got some 
merch that sells pretty well. And we do have people volunteer a lot and donate to specific causes. Uh, but we, we may have to have a more organized membership at some point and we may have to elect officers and things like that. But right now it's just kind of by committee volunteers and, uh, you know, trusting the man behind the curtain. You know, we've talked about, uh, having other supporter groups coming in, but you guys, we've been around the St. Louis city SC since, uh, basically the Academy started playing and we've seen how, uh, the St. Luligans have used that umbrella concept that you started with to be kind of a incubator of other um, supporters groups. Um, well, what's your feeling about how now that um, the season started, they've all got started? Uh, what's your relationship with uh, some of the other supporters groups? How closely are you working and uh, where do you draw the line to where you focus purely upon the St. Luligans? I mean, it, it, it is hard to say because most of us are all friends. I mean, we're all there for the same purpose. We're all supporting the team. Um, a lot of the groups were started by Luligans or their membership is made up of Luligans. So I'm not like, you have to decide right now, are you a, a thief? Or are you a Luligan? Or are you <laughs> not- no nap city or... Yeah, not walking up to like the punk's tent and putting a gun to people's head. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, we're we're more than happy to have everybody at the party. That said, if uh, if a group wants to, like, we invite people to join our our pregame parties. Um, if a group says, you know, we'd rather do our own thing, that's cool too. Um, I know Florida Noise. You know, they kind of split off from us i mean they have members from other groups too now and it was smart because they need to be the noisemakers for the entire section not just the luligans um so they're planning some stuff and if if different groups are meeting different places we can come together somewhere to do the march um but but if they want to have the party with us and have their own little table set up that's cool too you know we're uh we haven't found anybody we can't work with yet. Let's say it that way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with that thought, uh, people you can't work with, uh, what's it been like over all these years as you've grown and getting bigger even now? Uh, what's some of the challenges of trying to corral all the different personalities uh, that might want to come into the group? Uh, what's your experiences with that? Yeah. It, I mean, for the most part, I'd say everybody's pretty cool. I mean, you know, our rules are show up, make noise, have fun. And then, you know, in parentheses, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you do have people that show up and want to be a dick. Um, or, or maybe not even that, but just don't see things the way we see them or, or want to do something against the flow of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's cool. I mean, you can do your own thing. Um, but I mean, it does get to things online. I mean, it, you know, how <laughs> comments are just whatever you do, you're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, we try to just keep being true to our, you know, our core values. Um, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Like 
people don't get along for whatever reason, that's cool. Uh, I wish them luck. I want them to support the team. Um, so yeah, that's, but that's not the case with the other supporters groups that are going on now, right now, at least all the ones we know of, uh, we get along with, we have a relationship with, uh, the team has their supporter council where they have members from each group kind of working together on things. So there's a pretty good relationship. And, you know, if we need to reach out to others, we can do it pretty easily. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know about that. Actually, seems like you, seems like you guys kind of like all set like a president of being like all the supporters groups have to get along one big, happy family, whether you like it or not. I mean, well, I would say for the most part, yes, there, there were some that came to the early meetings, which I don't go to these meetings anymore. Like I said, I'm stepping back, but I get reports from them. Um, and the team is doing this just to kind of get everybody on the same page on things. Uh, but there were some that decided not to participate in the support council anymore, uh, for whatever reason, uh, far as we know it wasn't anything you know negative they just that wasn't their vibe they didn't want to do that or they weren't didn't feel they were big enough to really warrant a presence you know i mean a supporter group can be anything from you know two friends who show up to the game and wear the same t-shirt to you know a three thousand member you know dominates a whole section yeah so we f- we know, floated the idea that we're a supporters sec- like supporters group, and it's like, oh yeah, that's fun, but like we don't warrant a seat at the supporters council, right? Well, or you might say like the Shoot Boys are a good example. They're they're all Luligans. It's just a group of friends, and they they do their own little thing. But when it comes to you know operation standpoint or anything, they trust the Luligans to make decisions on their behalf. And if there are perks to be had, they can get them through us. Um, So, I mean, they're independent, but they're not, you know, I don't know. They're not trying to overthrow us or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, plotting your downfall. (laughs) Officially, this podcast uh, thinks of itself as a supporter of supporters groups and all supporters, uh, though we all free to join. Uh, but, uh, with this vein, you guys have had this is silly podcast out there for a long time. How long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, we celebrated 12 years, uh, the other day. Um, and we started it when we didn't have a team. <laughs> we started it when right after AC folded. So that sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and it, it's gone through some different iterations. It's gone through uh, some lean times when and we may only recorded, you know, once every three or four months. Um, when St. Louis was in it, St. Louis FC was in its heyday, we were weekly. I think we'll get back to that again uh, once the season kicks off. Um, but back then we were like the only St. Louis soccer podcast. So we had to like cover everything, the news, the culture, all of that. Now, thanks to guys like you who are stepping up, uh, flyover footy, uh, city SC report, ball watching. There's, there's a ton of like podcasts out there and they're all doing their own thing. They're all have their own focus. 
So we can kind of back off and just do what we like to do, which is sort of the cultural side of it, the the supporter culture type of podcast. So that's yeah. our focus now. So, you know, a band of misfits like us doing this weekly, I imagine does take a bit of a burden of carrying the whole load off of you guys. Yeah, I mean, we love it. Yeah, I do too. The more voices, the merrier is the way I feel. Feel. Um, Let's get to the heart of the matter. What's the plans for game days? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Big question. Um, yeah, I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> no. The, uh, Schlafly has partnered with us. We've been friends with not just Schlafly, but a lot of the local breweries over the years. Uh, but Schlafly, our relationship started with them during the St. Louis FC days. They came out with a beer called Ale Dior, and we were involved in that. Um, now that St. Louis FC is gone, that beer has been retired, but they're coming out with a new beer. Um, can't give away too many details, but mm. a soccer-themed beer. Uh, it will be something lightish that you can enjoy on game day, and it will, will be, it a be as good as a Brulegan's. It, well, you'll, we'll see. I mean, Bruin. <laughs> not, not to put the two, like, not like to get like the dolls fighting, but. Oh, and, and that they're cool with that. They, they know we have a relationship with second shift. They know we have a relationship with urban chestnut. Urban chestnut always sponsors our charity games. Um, but St. Louis, uh, Schlafly just by the sheer luck of things is literally across the street from the supporter section. <laughs> yeah. When the plans came out, they were they were in. They said, "Let's do this. Let's make this your home. Let's have you know your pregame parties here. They're going to be shutting down Twenty First Street every home game, uh, right there next to the brewery. They they've called that Lilligan Street. Uh, we may or may not have a councilwoman trying to make that official. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, so. Every game before the home games will be at Schlafly. Uh, we will have, they will have beer. It'll, they'll be outside. Uh, they're shutting down the street. They'll have beer. They'll have food. Schlafly will also have parking available. Um, they don't have a ton of spots, but you'll be able to park at the Schlafly lot for $25. And then they give you a $25 gift card card that you can use at schlafly that day yeah i remember this uh, is just so, that you wanted i remember you guys wanted to do this for the the skc2 yeah. game right yes and when they were going to do that game at schlafly yeah it, it, best at, best deal in the biz i gotta be honest <laughs> well yeah and it, i mean first of all it's right there uh they are going to have people watching the parking lot which you know it is st louis so <laughs> that's just the way it goes um, yeah. They don't have a lot of parking there, but if you get there early for the tailgate or sorry, we're not calling it a tailgate because uh city of St. Louis is very specific about uh, where you can have open beers and things like that. So we will, we will be buying all of our beer at Schlafly at their outside or inside tents. Um, you can't bring your own just because of the way the city of St. Louis sort of is. has their laws. <laughs> Uh, um, so it's a pregame party. You can come early, you can park there, you get your gift card. And, you know, after the game, you don't have to walk that far to get back to your car. It's just right across the street from the supporter section. 
My suggestion is instead of tailgate, call it a pregame extravaganza. We could do that. We could do that. <laughs> um, we are, it is the first game. The home opener is up on the Schlafly website now where they do have some information about that. If you go to Schlafly.com and click on the events, uh, it's got some basic info there. You, you mentioned uh, getting ready for the TIFOs. And <laughs> first of all, first thing I have to ask you is give a concept of how large these TIFOs are in an MLS stadium. Yeah, I mean, we did them with St. Louis FC. Uh, the first couple we did in 2015, I painted by myself in my basement. Uh, and those were probably, at the biggest they got would be like 30 or 40 feet long by, I don't know, 10 to 20 feet high. Now we're dealing, it's insane. I I don't have the numbers on me, but like we had to put out a call for sewers because we have so much fabric that needs to be sewed together and you can't do this in a living room. I mean, it's literally hundreds of feet wide by hundreds of feet tall. It's gigantic. It's going to cover a large part of that supporter section. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mason and I are not in the immediate area, so our ability to help too much pre-game day is pretty limited. But I imagine you have a lot of need for people to come and volunteer and help to create these special things that will be shown on game day, cross Apple TV, and get national exposure through news outlets, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, TIFOs are so great. The downside is it takes so much work and so much effort and they're up for 30 seconds at the most, you know, and then they drop them and you're never seen again. <laughs> Excuse me. So this weekend they're starting sewing, you know, they get these big bolts of fabric and they have to sew them together. Uh, the design is almost finalized. Uh, then they trace it out and then that's when we start calling for help. We'll have events where you can just volunteer. You come and help paint. And at that point, it's pretty much paint by numbers. Um, it's all traced out. You know, the the leaders are there sort of directing you, hey, paint this section blue or paint this section pink. Um, but, yeah, it takes a lot, a lot of effort. So be watching on social media. We'll put out a call for helpers on that kind of stuff soon. That's great. Now, we know, and we kind of talked about it, but you've got your, uh, what is it, the AGM, the annual general meeting, upcoming yeah. in about a couple of weeks. Uh, go ahead and talk about that, and uh, is anyone uh, welcome to attend your annual meeting? Yeah, the, the AGM is totally open. You don't have to be a Luligan to come. Um, some people just come to hang out and talk soccer. Uh, some people just want to see, you know, what we're doing, um, but it's totally open. It's going to be this year. It's going to be at Schlafly. It'll be at the tap room downtown. It'll be on the second floor in the ballroom. Um, and it's just we've been doing these, you know, since probably 2013 was our first one. Um, it's just a way to kind of tell people some of the plans for the upcoming season. 
Uh, we talk about things like TIFOs. We talk about road trips. Uh, we will be planning some road trips this year where we get buses and, uh, you know, go to, it, it's the close ones. It'll be sporting Kansas city. It'll be maybe Chicago. Um, you know, ones that you can, you know, get 50 people or get three or four buses and get people there and back, uh, in a day. Um, Mitch's dream is to get an Amtrak. <laughs> train <laughs> uh you know we're trying to work that out the time schedules aren't great uh but uh if it, if it can happen we'll, mitch will make it happen because that like i said that's his dream to get on a train and you know just get blazed all the way to <laughs> chicago dude look okay uh, look i took i took the amtrak from st louis to chicago when I was coming back down here to Southern Illinois and there's no direct route. So I had to go up to Chicago and then down on the Saluki and riding the Amtrak through there, even though I had to go out of my way, you know, whatever. Chicago, as much as I have to hate it because I'm from St. Louis, I like Chicago. It's a nice place. Um, and then also like you're on the train, you can just get drunk as fuck and no one cares. <laughs> Well, and, you know, we'd, we would get our own car, so it would be kind of isolated from the rest of the train. Um, Kansas City would be fun, too, but there's no good way to get from the train station to the stadium because it's out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. At least Chicago's downtown. You know, you could get dropped off and then take the L to the stadium or something. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's just, you know, that's a pipe dream. Um, but we will be doing some bus trips and and we'll be doing we'll be talking about the tifos we'll be talking about merchandise uh we'll be talking about ticket allocations uh just basically anything that has to do with the business of the supporters group um you know you can come there and find out or you can meet the people who are in charge of the different aspects of what we do to uh volunteer get more involved if you want or just to get an overall picture of it um you know, maybe this one, there'll be some new people who aren't sure uh, if they want to be a Luligan. They can come out and meet us and find out. And and I'm sure there will be other groups there, you know, that we can say, oh, well, you know, if you don't like us, you know, here's one of the punks or here's, you know, uh, the Florida Noise guys will be there because obviously they're a big part of the supporter section. Um, some of them are still Luligans, but uh you know, maybe you've got some, some chant ideas for, you, you know, you are a tuba player. You know, we're always <laughs> looking for a tuba player. Uh, so anything that has to do with the group, uh, you know, charity, whatever, we will we'll be discussing it at the annual general meeting. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we'll be next to the stadium and we can have some beers and talk about soccer, too. That's always the best part. That's why and we stare went the out the window. <laughs> and stare out the window at the stadium because it's beautiful yeah i mean i remember <laughs> when we went to the first like yeah like winter meeting that we attended uh like a maybe almost two years ago now but um yeah, yeah. The, the stadium was still a skeleton and like we had barely done like two episodes or something um but, yeah i think we're planning to make an appearance and um it almost feels like cheating but like yeah somebody thrust like a, a punk starter bag in my hand <laughs> at the leverkusen friendly so i guess if you want to talk to a punk you can always talk to me if you have to <laughs> yeah well and that's what i was saying earlier about how you know we all kind of get along like 
there are definitely people who are in the punks who would also describe themselves as luligans. Um, I mean, they, they are independent. They're not a luligan group, but we all get along. Um, so yeah, I, if somebody goes there and comes away saying, you know what? I'm not sure about the luligans, but I like the punks. That's a win too. You know, yeah. the best dream for this club in supporter section and supporters in general is no matter who, what group you're in, who you're with, as long as you're all for the team, everybody gets along. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't always happen that way with supporters groups. But, no, I mean, but if yeah. you start off with the mindset and it all works that way, you got a real chance of that happening long term. And that is great for the club, great for the supporters, great for the city and the region, since we're not actually in the city. Uh, I think that's a best case scenario. Yeah. All right. February 11th at 2 p.m. at Schlafly. Everybody's invited. Please come out. Just like I said, even if you're not sure about this whole supporter group thing, um, you can meet some great people. Just, you know, Bird goes on and on about how the games are made that much better when you walk into a crowd and you know a few people. Um, you know, I love walking around the tailgate and talking to you guys for a little bit and then go say hi to the punks and then go, you know, talk to some friends that I only ever see at soccer games. Um, and you don't, I, like, I'm somebody who struggles with social anxiety. You might not believe it. I don't like crowds. I don't like, you know, big, loud places, which that is the definition of the supporter <laughs> section. But I can do it because I've made so many friends and I can, you know, touch base with different people at different times. So just coming out, you know, like to an AGM or to one of our other meet and greets is a good opportunity to meet some people maybe on a smaller scale than game day. I mean, I, if no, I can, Mason and I did that, go ahead, Mason. If I can speak very earnestly to that for a second, actually, like I've dealt with social anxiety for a long time as well, pretty seriously. Um, and then also like coming down here to Illinois um, and being separated from my friends, dealing with also a lot of social isolation and getting involved with the Luligans and more involved with the supporters groups and stuff. It's helped me a lot in both aspects where I feel a lot more comfortable around everybody and I just have more people that like I know and like are my friends that I can hang out with. It's been a genuinely positive experience in my life that um, I don't know that even like five years ago, I didn't think sports could ever be. Yeah, I mean, just in my experience, like I need little bases, like little safety zones in a crowd. And the more people I know, I can do that, you know? Um, and I do get that it's intimidating. Maybe if you're listening to this podcast and you think, man, eh, that might be fun, but God, it's intimidating to walk into a group that big. I, I really get it. But you'll find your people. Um, that is the one good thing about the Luligans is we're big enough. We're pretty diverse personality-wise we can usually find somebody who you'll click with. And then once you start to, you make a couple of friends, then, you know, it just kind of snowballs. You meet other people and, you know, like I said, I need those little bases. So when I show up to a tailgate and I'm kind of panicked because there's so many people there and it's so loud, 
I say, oh, okay, there's Mason. I can go say hi to Mason for a minute, catch my breath, uh, you know, get, get comfortable. And then I see Mike. And so, okay, I'll wander over and talk to Mike or then, oh, hey, there's Sarah. I'll go talk to Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know anybody, it is hard, but come to some of these things and just meet some people. Yeah. Even if you want to be a Luligan, you would still come up and say hi at a pregame party or, you know, we're in the stands and we score a goal. You know, it's just nice to turn around and see somebody, you know, and high five them. Yeah. And also yeah, that's Mason all I'm good I for knowing up. is uh, somebody that you can excuse yourself be like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this person. You don't have to say a word to me. I'm not worth talking <laughs> to anyway. But if I'm an excuse to get you out of a situation, know my name. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's easy. Mason and I went up. I think it's when uh, Matt say back in the club uh, did the presentation in front of the Luligans about the supporter section. Uh, we went up, we just started the podcast, we drove nearly a hundred miles to get there, uh, two hours, hour and a half at the minimum, didn't know anyone at all, just went up because we're soccer fans, shook hands with people, got in conversations, it was so easy to make friends and friends that we still have to this day a year and a half later. I can't stress how much, how friendly these greetings, these meetings are and how easy it is just to walk up to somebody and say hi. And I, I, I personally try to make a point if it's somebody I haven't seen before to say hi. What's your name? And uh, make them feel part of the group. And I love the fact that these meetings allow people that are like-minded and have a common cause to find friends. I think it's so important uh, within a community, society, not just for the club, just for people to find common cause. Yeah, supporter culture, I mean, it can mean a lot of things. And, and some people, unfortunately, you know, get the idea of the late 70s, early 80s, English hooligans. I mean, our name itself sometimes conjures those those ideas. But, you know, the Luligans name was sort of to mock that culture, you know, of the of the violence. It's it's really a tribal sort of thing when you get into the supporter section and and you're all chanting the same thing or singing the same song and you just feel a sense of community. And I think a lot of people have latched on to supporters culture. Uh, Sometimes they're not even big soccer fans, but they feel a sense of community. They feel a sense of family. Uh, We are a dysfunctional family. Like, you know, (laughs) sure. Saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's, you know, you know, perfect for everybody, but you know, we call it the Island of Misfit toys sometimes you can find your place in a group as large as ours and you can feel a sense of belonging. You can feel a sense of, you know, and that, and that's, that goes out to, you know, a group like the thieves who sprung off from the Luligans, um, really trying to make it a home for people who maybe don't have that sense of family or community in their daily life or don't have, you know, the support that they need. So, you know, we're making efforts to bring in, you know, people who maybe didn't 
you know, never used sports because sports can, can be sort of a jock mentality. It can be, uh, you know, negative in some ways, but we're trying to make it a home for people who can come together, have a good time and, uh, just be themselves really, uh, you know, whoever you are, whatever you, you know, identify, we, you can find a home within our group. Yeah, this is this is both kind of like earnest posting and also kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. But one thing that I've always really respect about the Luligans is that you guys are not shy about supporting marginalized people. Um, you will stand up and defend like queer people, trans people, people of color. And all these people are welcome in the group. And like, you wouldn't like, you know, I, I'm not very outwardly, but like, I am, I'm, I'm bi- a bisexual man. And it, you, you wouldn't generally feel comfortable being an out and open bisexual in a sports crowd, but with amongst the Luligans and then also like some of the offshoot groups like the punks feel very comfortable. And the it's, it, yeah, the thieves as well, especially. Um, that's it, it it's it's nice to ha- like have a place where like you know who i am and also like the things that i like can overlap because usually those are very much intention yeah and and i will say look as a 52 year old white cis you know male i you know i'm doing my best um but i will say that the luligans have helped me because were it not for the Luligans, you know, I, I, I know several trans people now that, that I would not have met in my daily life. Um, I know, you know, people who are comfortable opening up and, and saying who they are because they're not going to experience some sort of judgment there. Um, it, it helps me become a better person. It helps everybody become a better person because 90% of you know, that sort of thing is about exposure. Uh, if you never meet a bisexual individual, you know what I mean? You can, you can create all sorts of things in your head, mm-hmm. but when you meet people and you talk to them and, and you're just having a good time, enjoying the soccer game, you know, talking about music, talking about whatever. Um, I just think it's better for everybody. So yeah, part of our mission is definitely not only to be open and welcoming to people who face these challenges, but also the people who do come to expose them so they break down their barriers too. So, I mean, it, not only is it important to welcome, you know, people who are struggling with those kinds of things, but it's important to show other people, hey, you know, we're having a good time here and everybody's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on this topic, and this should have been probably higher up in the interview, but, uh, the Luligans are very positive in the community, and uh, I'd like to talk to you and have you explain and talk about some of the things you do, the charity du jour, uh, uh, the way you support and pick uh, certain uh, charities or groups that you want to do. How did this all come about, and what can we expect in the future? Charity du jour started as kind of a, just a fluke. We, we went to, we'd always done things like a charity game or we'd done a fundraiser for food bank or something every once in a while, just because those are causes we believe in. 
but we went to a road trip in Oklahoma City, of all places. And the grid was their supporters group. This is in USL. And they invited, they said, hey, you're making the trip down here. Just come to our tailgate. You know, you don't have to worry about finding a place to hang out. We can all drink together, have a good time. Then we'll yell at each other for 90 minutes and hate each other. And then after the game, we can drink beer again. So, you know, that's kind of our, like, you know, supporter group a, thing. A, a group largely to- about drinking beer in a parking lot, which is something I deeply relate with. <laughs> right. And and even though we're wearing different color shirts, we can, we can do that uh, somewhat amicably. Uh, but we were at this tailgate and, and they had, you know, food and beer. And I walked up to their table and they just had a little card table set up and they had a bucket out. And I don't, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was an animal charity, like a rescue. Uh, they were just raising money that day for this animal rescue because one of their members was passionate about this cause. And people were just throwing in a buck or, you know, five bucks or whatever they had. And on the road, on the trip home, I remember talking to Mitch and Claude and maybe a couple other guys. And I said, you know, that's a good idea. We could do that. We could, you know, throw out a bucket, just pick a cause every every game, different cause. Just call it Charity Du Jour maybe sell some stickers or, you know, whatever, but it was very, very low key. And it just started that way. And it was like, Oh, if you want to throw in a dollar, fine. And it was be like, Oh, oh, Hey, we got 30 bucks today for our charity. And, you know, before long, it really started to, to barrel in and people had ideas to do raffles. And if you had an extra ticket for the game, you'd leave it at the merch table and somebody who needed a ticket could come and, you know, they just give five dollars for the ticket. Like it wasn't about, you know, flipping it on SeatGeek like we're seeing today <laughs> with the uh, the uh, release of the single game tickets, which all that's great. Uh, but pretty soon it became real money. Um, we started getting, you know, hundreds of dollars at these tailgate parties for charities. And uh, Jim Cavanaugh, who is now one of the current owners of St. Louis City, and Tom Strunk were the sort of the brains and money behind St. Louis FC, they started matching our totals. Like if you guys raise $5,000 this year, we'll give you $5,000 to add to your charities. Um, and really it's gotten crazy. Now, now we're over $250,000 raised Damn. for, you know, 13 years we've been doing this. Um, and as far as picking charities, you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, we do have like sort of a private group where we discuss these things and once a year I'll just say, okay, give me your ideas for charities. And, you know, not every charity gets picked. There's only so many games. Uh, Sometimes a cause comes up in the middle of the season where we have to squeeze one in because we didn't even think of that. And then, you know, something happens in the community. Uh, And I, and I will say they're not all 100% unanimous. Uh, you know, when we pick something like the Missouri Abortion Fund after the reversal of the uh, Roe v. Wade decision, you know, that causes some consternation in the group. Um, yeah. You know, it's a it's a very, very hot issue. It's a it's an issue that people feel passionately about both ways. Seems like a no brainer um, to but, me, but it's obviously not a no brainer to everybody. Otherwise, that would not have happened. And it's and it's not easy. And sometimes there are difficult conversations and sometimes 
feelings get hurt. Uh, but when we feel it's important enough, we say, okay, this is what the charity du jour is. And, and you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to donate every week. It's totally voluntary. Um, you know, uh, we could do a group like Metro Trans Umbrella Group that is doing great work in our community. Um, maybe that's something you're not personally comfortable with donating to. I understand that. Um, you know, you can give your money that week to anybody you want. Um, but that's what we're raising money for that week. Uh, and then we do plenty of them that, you know, well, I would say that aren't controversial. You can always find somebody who's, you know, yeah, not happy with a certain choice. Yeah. You could be like, um, I'm raising $10 to wash off this puppy and someone will, someone <laughs> will find something wrong with it. Exactly. And we do our best to vet the charities, but you know, charities are organizations just like everything else. Mm -hmm. And the, not all of them are a hundred percent good all the time, but, uh, it's the spirit of the thing. It's raising money for uh, issues that our membership feels strongly about usually. And uh, Brad, we really thank you for your time that you've given us here. This is great stuff. Uh, let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. You guys are doing a lot of things out there. You've got to raise money for the group, do TIFOs, et cetera. Uh, I'm, you know, I know you have merchandise to sell. How can people buy that and support your group just from the outside? Um, well, you can go to the website, stlooligans.com, and click on the shop. Right now, we have the leftover scarves from 2022 on the site, and we have some red show up, make noise, have fun t-shirts. Um, we do have a new shirt that's coming out. Um, I'm in the midst of designing that with, with a couple of people. We've got a new 2023 scarf that will be coming out. Um, I'm in the midst of flogging my artist because he was supposed to have that to me like two weeks ago because <laughs> it takes a while to get these things made. So we're going to be really close if we get them for home opener. But we do have another scarf. It's called the Supporter Scarf this year. Doesn't have any dates on it. It's fairly simple. You can kind of see it in my background there. Um, it's going to be what we have. It's a $10 scarf. Scarves are usually $20. This one's a $10 scarf. So if you walk up to a to a game and you're excited and you, you know, maybe you don't want to throw 20 bucks down, but 10 bucks is doable. Or if you want to buy it for somebody else, you know, it's a little cheaper barrier to entry. Or if we just want to give them away, because we do give a lot of scarves away to kids. Because <laughs> uh, I love more than being a little tipsy and giving a scarf to a kid. And, <laughs> and I think the parents' eyes light up. You're um, still not as bad as Andy and the punks. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, we, but, but I mean, that's all part of it. Like, you yeah. create, you know, an environment that is welcome and opening. Uh, and then those people come back, yeah. you know, so sometimes a free scarf can lead to a lifelong member who will donate the charity every week or, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But anyway, that scarf is going to be $10 and you'll, the only way you can get that is at an, a, a Luligan event that won't be mail order. That'll be, if you have that scarf, that's your proof that you were actually there. 
And I do, um, I do want to say real quick for listeners because you can't see it, but I can. It's uh, it's uh, it white big block letters Saint Luligans over like the navy background with the the city red piping, and then reverse navy and city red checkers, and it looks it looks good. And for ten bucks, yeah, <laughs> ten bucks, I got my eye I mean, on it. <laughs> It's a good scarf. And like I said, you know, we, we never want money to be an obstacle for somebody. And I know $10 mm-hmm. is cheap, but it's cheaper than a $20 scarf. What it all comes down to is we're all here to support the club and get everyone excited. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's all about. And uh, for people that are really excited about what you've had to say in all this time, Brad, um, how can interested, uh, parties, you know, prospective members, uh, reach you? What, uh, social media website, any group emails, how can they reach out? Uh, you can go to, uh, stluligans.com. That's our website. Uh, you can reach me directly at brad at stluligans.com or info at stluligans.com. Currently, I'm running the Twitter and Facebook uh, social media. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep those positions right now. It uh, just depends on how things go. Uh, you can also get us on Instagram. Sarah runs our Instagram account. She's also a valuable source of uh, information. And then also, this is Silly Podcast. You can listen to that. It's available anywhere you get podcasts. And I also run the Twitter for This is Silly Pod. Fantastic. Brad, this has been fascinating and uh, very interesting. Loved it. Thank you for giving all your time. No problem. And uh, thanks for the St. Luligans for joining in on our venture here of letting everybody know how to support St. Louis City SC. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys.